Welcome, everyone, to the Birds Nest Podcast. I'm Joe Donahue. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, 10 practices are in the books, and the Eagles are now starting to pivot to take on the preseason. Uh, They're heading down to Baltimore as we tape this tomorrow for the first preseason game on Saturday. And joining us today to talk about the Eagles training camp and the Eagles preseason just before he heads down to Baltimore himself is CBSSports.com writer Jeff Kerr. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Hey, Joe, always a pleasure. You know, this is the best time of year for me. As much as I loathe the preseason, I enjoy watching the preseason. I enjoy the battles. For some reason, I had on two TVs last night, I was watching the Phillies and I had on Texans Patriots. And I'm like, why do I got this football game on? But I just couldn't look away. You know, CJ Stroud, Malik Cunningham, all those guys. I'm so intrigued by those fourth quarter roster battles for every single team. And one of the best parts about my job is I get the right overreactions for every game, every week. And and fans just eat them up. Like like whether I'm right or wrong, it's, it's kind of fun conversation to start. Like, Oh, should this guy make the team? Is this guy's roster spot in jeopardy? And I get to do this every week of the regular season. It's honestly my favorite part of the job. Absolutely. Yeah. This is, this is definitely sort of the time where all kinds of speculation gets to run rampant and it's a, uh, it's it's definitely a ton of fun over, or especially in these early days when we're just starting to get to know the team that's going to be uh, put together and be on the field during the regular season in a very low key environment. A very, I, it's certainly certainly with the intensity of okay, let's get ready for camp and let, or let's get ready for the regular season and let's get ready for the uh, upcoming year and be ready to hit our uh, get our nose to the grindstone when uh, uh, when the regular season games start. So that's great and uh, that's important. But it also seems like this Eagles team seems to just be a really fun team to be around. And I think that we've noticed that certainly a little bit in other Philly sports too. The Phillies are a notable example of that. Um, but I, w- I remember I was watching Avante Maddox's press conference towards the beginning of camp, and he was just constantly getting interrupted by uh, by players in camp saying, hey, they were joking around. It was great. Um, yesterday uh, or earlier this week, uh, Darius Slay crashed uh, offensive coordinator Brian Johnson's press conference to make a pitch for him to be wide receiver. That was, a, that was an interesting moment there. Um, and this seems to be a translation of one of uh, coaches' uh, core values of connecting. How do you see this sort of fun aspect of the uh, the team translating to on the field performance? I know we haven't seen them play on the game yet, but how do you how does how do you see that making an impact? Well, this team is a likable team, and uh, for example, I one of the practices I was at, Kenny Gainwell was about to speak to the media, and he just happened to be standing behind me, and you know before he was going up, he's eating Reed's water ice because they give away Reed's water ice to, to the players and to the fans and everybody after practice. And I looked at him and I go, Swedish fish, really? Like, you're not a green apple guy? And he goes, I've had that all week. And, you know, we started laughing about it. I'm like, well, then go with mango or something. Wasn't mango on the list? He's like, I want mango. And, you know, just a fun exchange before he actually goes up there. And then, oh, by the way, you get to ask him the first question, which is even better. I'm like, I probably wasted it. You know, asking why he's eating Swedish fish water ice. But, Regardless, uh, you know, it, this is a this team knows when when it's time to go to go to work, when it's time to they mix business with pleasure really well. And they like to have fun, but they also know what the end game is here. And like A.J. Brown said, 
I don't have to tell you what the goal for this team is. I'm pretty sure we all know what it is. It's Super Bowl. And it's just an amazing amount of talent on this roster. Is it as good as it was last year? I don't know. I, I think it's tough to beat last year's team. But if you got guys like the rookies, like Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, Sidney Brown, Tyler Steen, if they can provide that impact for them, and I'm not saying they all have to immediately play and contribute, but they can provide the depth that they had last year. I think this team is really good. But overall, though, as long as you got Jalen Hurts on this team, as long as you got A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith healthy, this team's going to be fine. Great. Yeah. Jalen Hurts certainly being a huge part of the uh, part of the team. I think I don't think anybody really expected the kind of leap that he took last year from uh, 2021 to uh, what he put forward in, in 2022. Um, one of the things that we hear uh, Coach Sirianni talk about every time that he comes up at his press conference and he's asked about Jalen, he always seems to talk about Jalen's consistency. Um how have you seen that play out? How have you seen that play out during uh, training camp? So I thought Jalen's been having a better training camp this year than he has last year. Now I, I have to admit, last year I watched Jalen Hurts a lot more than I did this year. This year I've been watching a bunch of other things. I can't. It's hard to keep track of ninety players, so you you pick your battles. But you know, I'm not the quarterback stats guy or anything like that. I don't believe in stats for a practice. But I've been seeing a crisper Jalen Hurts, a guy who's more confident in his ability to get the ball to his receivers. He puts the ball where only his receivers can catch it. He hasn't made that many mistakes. Of the practices I've been to, I haven't seen him throw an interception. I know he has, but you know, from other practice reports I'm getting from some of the guys on the beat. But overall, I like his delivery. I like his footwork. I think his confidence is through the roof. He knows he can play at a high level in this league. He's definitely getting the ball out quicker. He's more cerebral than he was last year. Last year was like, okay, like Jalen Hurts is going to be good, but how good is he going to be? Well, he turned out he was runner-up for MVP. This year, I, I feel like it's what he did last year, plus he's smarter. He's a better decision-maker. Not I've noticed this with a lot of these guys. Like Justin Herbert's one of them. I always thought he's beginning to be a better decision-maker. Josh Allen didn't show it last year, but he's a really good decision-maker too. Patrick Mahomes, obviously, we know what he can do. It's – Joe Burrow's another one. Like those five are probably the five you look at and you're like, okay, these are the elite quarterbacks in this league. How does one separate themselves from the other? And I think Jalen might be going to the, it's Patrick Mahomes, then it's Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow. So I I, I think that's where Jalen is trying to take that step to this year. If not where, not where Mahomes is, the Eagles win the Super Bowl. You have more than every right to argue Jalen Hurts should be the number one player in the league. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know um, even with him being number three on the top 100, I know they were saying earlier in the week, nobody really cares about that because you got to get to work and you can't let that be a distraction. Um, but I mean, the only two people who beat Jalen Hurts out in the NFL's top 100 were Patrick Mahomes and Justin Jefferson. Uh, so certainly Jalen being number two quarterback in the league, number one in the NFC doesn't really surprise us as Eagles fans, doesn't really surprise uh, us who follow the team really at all. So, uh, cause I mean, we saw that and he definitely earned that, that spot there. Um, another big thing that that's occurred and another big thing of intrigue, especially, uh, for folks is, um, we've got two new coordinators. We've got 
Brian Johnson taking over as offensive coordinator. Uh, we've got Sean Desai coming in as uh, as the defensive coordinator. Um, these are new guys. They've got their new their own takes on how we do certain schemes. And certainly Brian was around last year and uh, Nick Sirianni was saying he was part of the conversations uh, that they were having in the offensive room uh, in the office or among the uh, the coaching staff there with uh, with Shane Steichen. Um, now we've got um, somebody to somebody new, certainly from a similar school, but somebody new on the defensive side, sort of running the show. Um, how do you, how do the guys seem to be adapting to those new, uh, those new coordinators? I think you're not going to see much of a change with Johnson in terms of what they're doing in terms of what Shane Steichen did, but you do have better pass catching backs now, uh, you know, no disrespect to Miles Sanders. That just wasn't his game. Deandre Swift, that's basically what he does. He's one of the best receiving backs in the NFL. Kenny Gainwell is a very underrated receiving back. So I think you're going to see that wrinkle in the offense. I think you're going to see a, a little tweaks on offense, but you're not going to see anything significantly different, which is fine because the Eagles have one of the best offenses in football last year with Shane Steichen. Now, I hate to upset Eagles fans here, but Sean Desai ain't no different than Jonathan Gannon. They're, they're just going to be a little more physical. I think they're going to have a tougher – approach but they in today's nfl you get pressure based off your four pass rushers you don't send extra guys that's where cover zero comes in and that's where you get beat over the top every single time john began believed in not giving up a big play so patrick Mahomes think the dunk his way to victory last year well that's what's going to happen this year uh you know with sean decide they they don't have even if they did have the personnel like they did last year it, it, it doesn't matter. It's don't give up the big play. Don't give up the 20, 30-yard plays. And I, that's what you're going to see with Desai this year. But you're going to see a bit of – you're going to see a bit of tweaks in Desai's defense. Like, you're going to see him get more creative on certain blitz packages. But overall, the defense is pretty much going to be the same. It's going to be the front four guys get the pressure. You rotate guys like Nolan Smith, you know, um, Brandon Graham, Josh Wett, guys like that, you know, with Hassan Reddick. And – you know, same with Jalen Carr. That's why Jalen Carr is going to play a big role in this defense this year. You're, you're going. It's all about having fresh legs in the fourth quarter, and if you can do that, I I think this defense can be a top five unit again. If, I, I will see this in terms of the NFC East. So this is how good defenses are in the NFC East. The Eagles might be the third best defense, which is nothing to scoff at. When you got Washington, who I love their defense, I love their personnel. Chase Young comes back like he should. They're going to be really good. Uh, Dallas's defense we know is really good. Even the Giants' defense is good. I mean, that's why the NFC East is a really good division because of their defenses. But there's no shame in like the Eagles having a top five, top ten defense. I mean, third best defense in their division. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we we were we were really good defense last year. Um, and I mean, the speculation has only been uh, that we've uh, that we were only going to get better, especially with uh, after we after the first round of the draft that we had, certainly with uh, with Jalen Carter, and Nolan Smith. Um, how have those guys been uh, gelling? I know Jalen had uh, one tweet that I remember. Um, I forget who tweeted it out, but uh, one tweet that I remember was uh, um, uh, Jalen Carter had a had a pretty big education going up, like right up against Lane Johnson and then Jordan Mailata right in a row and in one on ones and. Uh, didn't get any kind of penetration from them. How, but how have those guys uh, been, uh, been, in, been worked into the mix? So, Nolan Smith's getting a lot more first team reps throughout camp. 
because Sonrak's been out. So no one's just been getting those looks with Brandon Graham. He's been relieving Brandon Graham. But Smith has been playing off-ball linebacker. He's been playing the edge. They're mixing in. in. No one Smith is going to be a part of this rotation. Same with Jalen Carter. They're, they're starting to get Carter in now with the first team a bit. It's getting the rookies acclimated. And you're going to see a lot of them this preseason. They're going to get a lot of snaps. Or You're going to see them make an impact. I, I think they are both going to be impactful players this year. I, I'm not worried about any of them. As good as you're not hearing much about Carter in camp, but you're going to hear a lot about him in the regular season. Same with Nolan Smith. Uh, but you are hearing a lot about Nolan Smith in camp. I will say of the rookies, I don't expect Sidney Brown to start week one. I, I just don't mm-hmm. think he's going to be ready for that. Personally, I, I think he, he knows one speed, and that's kill, 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 <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> like, like, he goes 100 miles per hour, which is awesome, but, you know, sometimes you got to not – have your have your phone the gas pedal all the time. Let, let's just put it that way. And I think the preseason is going to be a very intriguing time for Sidney Brown. Not saying he can't get that starting job. I just if you ask me through ten training camp practices how Sidney Brown's going to be, I don't think he's going to be a starter come week one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's kind. I guess that might kind of at least unofficially be reinforced by the uh, by the depth chart that was pushed out. Uh, I wouldn't put too much stock into that. Depth I wouldn't part, by put the way. too much stock into it. Yeah, it's it's the first one that came out. It's uh, uh, there's a lot of ors. There's five running backs listed as RB one. Uh, so they're they're just trying right now to to sort of mask some of what they're trying to did, do. Did you get a laugh at like some of the responses on Twitter? Like people were like, "How is the Andre Swift the fifth running back?" I'm like, "He's not the fifth running back." If you look, <laughs> it's it's alphabetical <laughs> order and everything's in order. I it, again, it's I, I've heard a couple stories about. NFL teams and how they make their Jeff chart, their their depth charts. It's literally like one of the lowest guys on the totem pole, and mm-hmm. they just kind of make it for them, like because yeah. they have to put one out as mandated by the league. They could put Jeff Kerr at quarterback, and I'm not even on the roster. But <laughs> I, 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 I'm lying about that. I have to be on the roster. But it's funny, like how a team could. You have to make it believable, right? Like like yeah. Jalen Hurts is a starter. Like you can put five running backs on the depth chart, etc. But I always tell people, look, I, I tweet it out, but don't put too much stock into it. I, I always try to tell people that if you if you really want to look at the depth chart, just kind of go with like with what your beat reporters are writing about. Like like it's yeah. it's similar to it, but it's not really like I think Brett Toph was the second team center, but really it's been Josh Andrews over the past week mm-hmm. because Toph just hasn't been good. It, it, it's yeah. stuff like that, right? Like like a um, linebacker, like it is Nicholas Morrow, it is. Christian Ellis right now, or, but Miles Jackson's been mixing in with the first team and Zach Cunningham's going to get to that. So it's yeah. hard to actually put a stamp on as yeah. you mentioned earlier. Yeah. And realistically too, if something were to happen, like if Jason Kelsey needs some time off, what they're pro- really going to wind up doing for that second string uh, center is they're going to move uh, Cam Jurgens into that spot and put, put somebody else at right guard. They're not going to, they're, they're, they're not uh, to, to use the one example. Yeah. Uh, now, now, in the regular season, I will say this. It might be Josh Andrews because I don't think they want to move Jer- – you know how Jeff Statland believes don't you – know, Don't move guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't move multiple guys. So it probably would be Josh Andrews and they keep Cam, Cam Jerkins there. But, yeah, you're right, yeah. though. Like, you saw on Sunday, you were at the live practice, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so you saw they put Jerkins at center. I, yeah. I just think they wanted to get him some reps there, like a cross train. Like, I, I tell people, just because Tyler Steen is left tackle – yeah, he lost the right guard competition, but he's actually a really good left tackle. So it it actually benefits them that they have a guy like that. Like Steen's had a good camp. He just 
didn't win the right guard job. That's not an indictment on him. Yeah. And that, and that happens. And I mean, there's, that's one of the things I know. One of the things Howie was saying over the off season is he likes to build from those lines out. So you might find that there's a lot of depth at the, uh, at the line positions. Uh, and then it, it kind of starts to thin out a little bit. Um, we noticed that a little bit earlier this, uh, earlier this week, right before that live practice, that, that public practice on Sunday, when, um, they dropped the signing of miles Jack and, uh, uh, Zach Cunningham, uh, on, or as linebackers, uh, and, uh, Sirianni was out there. I mean, he, I mean, he's not going to say anything different, uh, in terms of the, uh, uh, in terms of like, I like the guys in our room. But he he kind of conceded the point that they were a little bit thin there um, with uh, with Nicobe Dean deep being down. They had to mix Nolan Smith in there a little bit. Um, what do you see guys like uh, Cunningham and Jack as they're coming in, uh, especially later in camp? How have the how have they been adapting to the defense? Well, if you asked me on Monday, I would have told you, and I probably could still say it, Zach Cunningham is more likely to start for this team than Miles Jack. But Miles Jack's been getting the first team reps. So what's that telling me right now? Miles Jack's <laughs> in the mix and Zach Cunningham's not. Now, again, it's only been three practices. It's only been, they've only been on the team five days. Things could change. But if you're asking me for an instant reaction, that's a reaction you're going to get, right? So they needed that that badly. Like they have Ben Van Summerlin playing uh, Mike Linebacker on Sunday. And I'm like, really? Like, this, like he's going to be on the practice squad, but you can't do this like you can't have what they have out there and you know it, it was literally nicholas mar ben ben van summerlin sean bradley and christian ellis like you're just not going to survive with that with nicobe dean out so you needed to get depth and they they made the move they got better in depth there was more depth at all an off ball linebacker than there is at safety right now and yeah they could trade for a safety i still think they're going to do that at some point but with the linebackers I, I i think they're hoping to find a double hit here with miles jack and zach cunningham and you know, right now, I I feel like they could. I mean, Cunningham is a good player when he's healthy, but hasn't been healthy. And Jack, I think it was kind of shocking that he was still on the board in August, but that's how free agency goes. But I just wish people would stop getting excited over a name and look at performance because mm-hmm. we, we've seen this before with a lot of players here and it, not just here around the league. Like, you know, Miles Jack is – He's a fine player. I, I think he could start for this team. I still think Zach Cunningham could start for this team, but they're better than what they have. But just don't be like, oh, Miles Jack, you know, they're, they're immediately going to be good. I'm like, no, they could be good, but there was a reason why it took them the August to sign. Yeah, absolutely. It, not be it. And that's one of the things, too. Like, um, especially there's going to be one big cut day and everybody's good, or there's going to be 37 people who are no longer going to be part of the Eagles roster. And, um, I remember there were people saying, uh, like, I mean, don't overhype the, uh, the waiver period because if guys are being cut from teams, there's a reason why they're being cut from teams. Um, and, and if guys are taking long, so long in the free agency period to be signed, there's a reason why they're being, they're taking so long to be signed, uh, during the, uh, during the free agency period, because they need, there's, there's something to the performance, it's not just grabbing the first guy that you can find off the shelf, so to speak. Yeah, um, well, with, with the Eagles, too, guys they cut might get claimed by other teams because they're such a deep roster. I, I mean, there, there's going to be positions where 
cornerback's going to be one of them. Like, you're going to cut a player, and our team's probably going to claim them. That's why you got to watch, like, the rookies you're keeping around. Like, Makai Gardner, for example, he's having a great camp. Well, mm-hmm. what happens if he doesn't make the team? Then what? Mm-hmm. Like, he had a good training camp with the Eagles. They're going to say, okay, well, this guy's pretty good. We might want to put a claim on him. And, you know, that's what you're a team you worry about. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes you just, just got to survive that 24-hour period. But, again, we, we still got three more weeks for that. Yeah. And that, and guys also like Joseph Ngata, who uh, he had a really great uh, – he had he had a really good performance when I saw him on the uh, on Sunday. He's uh, had a good week. He's had a good week. I, I have seen those reports coming out of uh, of camp there too. Um, uh, Josh Job has been another one of those guys. Like what happens if some of these guys – don't wind up making uh Kayvon well, Wallace earned his first team reps. Those well, are yeah. I'll tell you right now, Job's gonna be on this team. Uh Nagata's yes. still up in the air, but they keep six. He's the six right now. I mean, the issue is do you keep on Elias Zacchaeus or Joseph Nagata? I, I I think you keep both, but that means somewhere else you gotta cut somebody. Yeah. So because you're not getting rid of Britain Covey, mm-hmm. because that's your punt returner. So it, that's where it gets tricky. That's where it's hard to do a 53-man roster projection with this team. Yeah. Yeah. Very, 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 very tricky there. I, I certainly uh, – I I don't want to be the people who are I, – I mean, we all dream it, but at the same time, we also kind of don't want to be the people with that kind of responsibility because then what happens if we make the wrong decision and somebody else snaps it up? So that, That's why they get paid what they get paid and I get paid what I get paid. <laughs> Um, there's a punter battle going on. Uh, we sometimes forget about the punter battle, uh, but there is a punter battle going on. And, uh, Aaron Sepos and Ty Zentner, the stuff that I've been seeing come out of camp, even their performance, uh, or even their performance on, uh, on Sunday, uh, when I was there, they kind of looked both about the same. Uh, and the, especially like when I'm looking at these stats, they seem to be mirror images. Am I wrong on that? Like, Am I looking at like Ty Zentner and seeing a mirror of Aaron Sepas or vice versa when I look yeah, at Aaron? I, I'll tell you what, I still say the punter on the Eagles roster come week one will not is not on this roster right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think Sipas has done anything spectacular. I don't think Zentner's done anything spectacular. I, I I haven't been a fan of either of them, to be honest. And yeah. I mean, if they had to go with one of the guys on the roster, I think they go with Sipas because he's been there, but there's probably gonna be a punter or two available and I'm still shocked the Eagles didn't go out there a veteran, but maybe they thought Zentner was going to be better than what he was. And again, this is why I kind of hate social media at times because, oh, they signed a punter. Yeah, uh, yes, they signed an undrafted free agent punter. That's <laughs> that's about what he is. And uh, I don't try to overhype. Remember, do you remember Murderleg? You remember you remember him? I I don't remember the nickname, but if you told me who it was, I'd probably remember who it is. Um, I think his name is Casey Stern. Like, I think his nickname is Murder Leg, and he could boot a punt, like, yeah, 60 yards, but he wasn't good. Like, he just, <laughs> just wasn't a good player. Like, like they tried to Jeremy Bloom once, and everybody was like, oh, Jeremy Bloom, that's the Olympic scare. I'm like, yeah, too bad Jeremy Bloom isn't good. So, you know, and they wasted a fifth-round pickle on him. It's – yeah. I, I mean, that's why I try not to overhype too many people. I just kind of like to tell people the news. Like, I don't tell people yeah. what they want to hear. Like, you know, when it – 
I, I said uh, my buddy Andrew DeCheco, we were, to, you know, we, we talk all the time, and he had a tweet out about Kenny Gainwell, and I said, you asked my honest opinion, who's been the best running back in camp? It's Kenny Gainwell, and Eagles fans are like, we're done, we're done. And I'm like, no, I'm just saying Kenny Gainwell's probably better than what you think he is. Like, you know, it's nothing against DeAndre Swift, nothing against Rashad Penny, Rashad Penny ain't getting cut, any, anything like that. It's like you asked me an honest evaluation of performance, and that's what I'm giving you. It's, you know – like Marcus Mariota hasn't been as bad in camp as everybody's been saying either. I'm like, as mm-hmm. someone who watches offensive lines religiously, Brett Toth has been terrible. Yeah. And when you get those snaps, you're not going to have good throws. And it's funny how Mariota's been better since Josh Andrews has been taking over the second team reps at center. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I, we saw that on, on Sunday when, uh, when I was there, uh, like Mariota was getting snaps that he had to like do acrobatics for sometimes to get. Uh, so it was, uh, and that was something that uh, that coach acknowledged on uh, uh, on Thursday when he had his sort of his last uh, press conference before uh, before preseason officially starts tomorrow. Um, he he acknowledged that a bad snap is a is bad, so it, it impacts your ability to be a quarterback. So um, yeah, so it, it it's definitely definitely seeing that, and uh, you you see that when you when you watch them and they and they practice. Um, what do the Eagles need to focus on as they enter this preseason, as they go down to Baltimore tomorrow, as they come back to uh, to Philly for Cleveland and uh, Indianapolis? What do they need to focus on? Well, they're going to put a focus on the joint practices over the next two weeks. So you're going to hear a lot about the joint practices with Cleveland, about the one joint practice with Indy, I believe it is. I think they changed change their schedule. I think they're going to practice it in the afternoon next week, if I'm not I mistaken. I did see that. Yes, they're, yeah. doing, they're doing evening practices next week. Which is awesome for me, uh, you know. I, I'm I'm a morning guy, but I, I kind of like practicing at night. But regardless, like the first preseason games, it's it is what it is, right? Yeah. You're going to see a lot of the. You might see the first team. I I don't know honestly because the first preseason game is on the road. So mm-hmm. do you want to play? J- I don't think you're going to see Jalen play the the practices where they have the joint practices. So if you're going to see Jalen anybody on the first team, you might see him for a series or two on Saturday night, but. I can't confirm nor deny that at this point. It's it's yeah. more just you're, you're going to see a lot of the backups the first preseason game. Pre, preseason games, they just don't play stars anymore. Yeah. That is true. And certainly the the focus on staying healthy and with the guys who have been injured over the course of the week and the Eagles taking precautions uh, towards keeping them on the sidelines, there's they I it's reasonable to not want them to be uh, to be seeing live uh, live action. So Jeff, where can we find you if we want to find out more about what you've got to share with us? Okay, so you can find me, uh, just search Jeff Kerr, you know, on Google, cbssports.com. You know, just search Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports. You can find all my work there. All my work's on cbssports.com. I also go on CBS Sports HQ. Uh, I'm sometimes on Birds 365 on Jacob Sports, uh, usually every Monday with Joe McDonald and John McMullen. And Find me on Twitter or X, I guess it is now at <laughs> Jeff Kerr CBS Instagram at Jeff Kerr CBS. Um, I have a Threads. I don't really use it, but it's the same thing. So, yeah, I mean that's pretty much where you can find me and find find all my work. It's you know I'll be at the game tomorrow night. Uh, I'll be at all the preseason games, and uh, I plan to be at both joint practices next week. So see how everything goes. All right. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, you have a safe trip down to Baltimore. Uh, and looking forward to hearing more from you when you get down there. Yeah, and thank, yeah, and thank you so pleasure. much. Oh, thank you. 
And thank you so much to everybody for tuning into the Bird's Nest podcast. Uh, you can support the Bird's Nest podcast by liking this video and subscribing to Bird's Nest Media on YouTube and sharing to your social media pages. You can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also visit birdsnestmedia.com to find the latest Eagles news. And if you feel so inclined to support more endeavors like this one, you can find the link to our Patreon either in the description below or at birdsnestmedia.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, and let's go Eagles.